sermon. Ouch! This is what I think this scripture sounds like when you read it. Ouch! Ouch! There is a fire that is tormenting this man. Ouch! You have received good in this life, but now not so much. And there is a great chasm between you and Lazarus. Uh, I don't mean any one of you in particular. <laughs> there is a great chasm between the rich man and Lazarus. You know, when they were excavating Pompeii, one of the things they found was that right next to the great villas that they found on the hills would be a bench outside the villa. Now, we have a number of benches around on our property for various reasons. But what might the bench have been out on the property? One of the things we have learned from various cultures and is believed to be true in Israel as well, was that the bench was there for the hungry to sit so that when there was a feast, the leftovers might be given to them. Have you ever noticed that when we have feasts, we have too much food? I mean, I don't know what to do if there wasn't too much food at a feast. Years ago, when I had the joy of being able to go to Zimbabwe, we went and stayed on the mission in Omutari. Now, one of the things I did while I was there was I went by their grocery store. You have never seen a grocery store like this. This grocery store had about five different items, and each one had about five different cans. And that was the grocery store. They had very, very little in their lives. But you would not have known it from the food we received. Every meal, there was a feast. Now, admittedly, it was usually chicken and beans, and chicken and beans, and chicken and beans. But there were other things that were offered each day, and I became so aware that we were taking food out of the mouths of their community that we might have a feast every night. And every night there was more food than we could eat because they were giving us a feast. And I prayed that they would take home the leftovers, that they might receive some of this great gift that they had shared. Now, it says in this passage that this man feasted sumptuously every day. Okay? Every day. Can you imagine having a feast every day? Wow. What would that be like? I don't know. But it would be something. Maybe that's kind of how we live here in this world, in the United States. And there are a lot of us who feast and have leftovers on a regular basis. And a lot of us who let our leftovers just die in our refrigerator 
I wouldn't know anybody who does that, you know. Um, but what we find in this is that we see a man who couldn't even give his leftovers to a man who was doing the culturally appropriate thing of sitting there outside the house waiting for at least a crumb from this dinner. Now one of the things that amazes me about the story is that, that the rich man knows the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was there every day. He knew who he was. And he never gave him anything. Never. Charles Stanley tells a story about a housewife. And the housewife's husband was really aggravated. They were newly married. And every day she was asking for money. Money for this and money for that. And she wanted something to... For the, for the house or for the, the kitchen or money for everything all the time. And he went to his pastor and he said, what do I do about this woman who's always wanting money from me? And he says, well, what kind of household allowance do you give her? And she, he said, well, I haven't given her anything yet. There is a sense in which we anticipate and we see that people need something and yet it is so hard to reach out. Are we like this? I don't know. Some days yes, some days no. I mean, you know, we kind of just struggle with these things. But there is something more that I see in this passage than what he did in the life on earth. And that's what he's doing on the life in Hades. He's burning. He's hot. He'll do anything for water. But I looked and I looked, and it never said he repented. He wants his brothers to repent, but, you know, most of us have siblings we think should be repenting, but we don't get around to repenting ourselves. Does he say, let me go and get some water? No. He says, can Lazarus go get some water and bring it to me over in the fire? Well, gee, poor Lazarus, he's going to have to join him in the fire before he can give him any water. I mean, he says, can you send Lazarus to my brothers? Does he say, can you send me to my brothers? You think he'd want a chance to get out of the fire. But he is so used to having somebody going and doing for him. It seems to me that this great distance that exists between Lazarus and the rich man is the chasm that has been built and made by the rich man. The one who can never, never go over toward this man who was so poor. Can you imagine walking by somebody every single day when you have leftovers in your house? And every single day saying, no, I'm not giving you a thing even though you're starving. No, not me. Somebody else, but not me. 
What a hard thing to do. You know, it's really interesting how we have different feelings about giving and not giving, where to give and how to give and what to give. It's, it's complicated. It's just complicated. And we have our moments in which we're like, well, you know, I just don't know. Years ago, um, we had, we would give things, we had a fund, we would give things from the church. We, if you ever notice the little help, help um, envelope in the, right in front of you, in the envelope on the chair in front of you, that's to help so that in the office when people come, Jackie actually has something to help people with. Right, Jack? We, we try to do our best. But you're always wondering about these people. These people. We want to call them these people. We want to make them them, not us. Let me tell you, there have been some times people have helped me out when I really, really needed it. But on this particular day, this man who had come to ask for help a number of times showed up at my back door. He knocked on my door. I answered the door. He had two teenagers in his back seat. And he said, I need to take my sons to McDonald's. Will you give me the money for McDonald's? Now, do you know what I like in moments like that? When I actually don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. I said, however, I have just finished making my children's lunch. And I have everything still out because you know how quickly I put up things after fixing something. I said, I can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, chips, a drink, and a banana, and put it in a little bag and give it to each of your sons and one for you. He looked at me, and you could just see the anger just pulling up in him, and he was just so mad, and he looked at me, and he said, Reverend Scott, he said, I make up the best stories and you never believe any of them. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to help him after that. But you know what? He was a child of God. He was named by someone and God knew him by name. He was somebody worth caring about. But all of us reached that moment in which we were just like, I'm supposed to believe his stories, which he is acknowledging have no basis in truth. I don't want to do that. But Lazarus was doing something that was very obvious. He was just asking for a meal. Would he sit there all through the all through the sumptuous beast feast that could go on for hours waiting for just a little bit to eat if he had another choice. I don't know. The name Lazarus means God has helped. Blessed Lord, God helps all of us when there is no one else to help us. But on the other hand, what about this sentence that he, the rich man, could not, could not reduce this chasm? 
The more I read it, the more I believed it was his. His, that he could not see a little different. You know what Jesus does? He turns everything upside down. In most stories, you would know the rich man's name and know nothing about the name of the one man waiting to be fed. But Jesus says, this is my child, Lazarus, and you hadn't treated him right. He says something doing about it. I'm telling you, this is an ouchy story. You know, I didn't want to preach on it. Because I'm like, ouch, what are we supposed to do? Ouch. Ouch. You know, what if I am Lazarus? What if I'm the one who's been given the blessing to have as much water and food as I need? Do I want to crawl over there to the fire? No. What if I'm the rich man who doesn't know how to repent? What if I'm the one who doesn't know how to see what's in front of me that needs to be given the opportunity to share and help another? Ouch. Jesus is hard sometimes. Jesus is hard for us to understand. Jesus is hard for us to figure out what to do. And we want to say to Jesus, don't, don't tell this story. I don't like this story. I want to make it easier. You know what I mean? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. It says in here that his brothers had never understood the words of Moses and the prophets. And we wonder what words should be remembered. And I want us to remember what Jesus is reported saying in Matthew 22. In Matthew 22, verse 35, he says, he is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Honestly, it's getting harder and harder to love our neighbors. Why? We don't have a clue who they are. We don't know what their names are. We don't know what they're alike. I live on a street with four houses, okay? I have met one of the lovely women that lives on the street. She came and knocked on my door and welcomed me to the neighborhood and told me a little bit about her and then told me a little bit about the people in the other two houses. But I haven't knocked on anybody else's door. I haven't knocked on her door. Every once in a while when I'm walking my dog, I think, we just need to go down the driveway and knock on her door. It's a good thought. Do I do it? How many thoughts do we have that go undone? And how many times do we feel like that we reached out like that woman did to me in the neighborhood and no one ever reached back? Jesus is challenging. And Jesus is challenging here. Jesus is telling us a little bit about what it means to love your neighbor. Don't stay so distant. People wonder about whether we actually have to come to church to worship. People come to church, they think, well, I can just watch it on TV. Sorry, balcony people. <laughs> they think, I can watch it on TV. I don't, I don't need to be here. 
Well, let me tell you, we're a place to learn about our neighbor, our neighbor in faith. Then other people say, I'm not going there. Those people, they, they, they're sinners. Well, guess what? We are, every one of us, we're sinners. We get it wrong. We say the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. But we're working on it. And we're reaching out. And if we all stay in our little holes and we never go out, then there's going to be bigger and bigger chasms between us. And we're not going to understand what to do. I got to go out to the farm with Ron this week. It was so much fun. I got to buy something. I don't go shopping very often. I bought blackberry jam. They're very proud of their blackberries at this farm. <laughs> so I bought blackberry jam. That was, that was a lot of fun. But we're going to have a party. And you know what? We'll have a party the next week, too. Does anybody know why we're going to have a party the next week after we have the party at the farm? Fifth Sunday. Fifth Sunday. That's right. We get to have two parties in two weeks. I am so excited. And you know what I'll get to do? I'll get to go sit down next to one of y'all, and I'll get to know you a little better. I look around this room, and I'm getting to know some of you. Not enough. But some of you, person by person by person, you are walking towards me, and I am walking towards you. And Jesus says to us, don't let ourselves start thinking so well of ourselves that we can't look to another. You never know, Lazarus probably had something good to offer the rich man if he just looked. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, oh Lord, that you give us continual opportunities. And I know, oh Lord, that there are places that I fall short of reaching out to my neighbor, to my friends, to my enemies, to my family, and to, oh Lord, to, O oh Lord, those who are different from myself. Give us grace, O oh Lord, to have strength that we might do as you call us to do. In Jesus' name.